Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is your captain speaking. Welcome to First Class Focus, Houston's business podcast where we keep Houston's business owners in the know about what impacts them the most. Please take your seat and fasten your seatbelt as we prepare for takeoff. Hello, everyone, and welcome to First Class Focus. I'm Andrew Buckin with Action Coach Houston Interloop. And I'm Greg Mellon with Covert Marketing. Together, we host Houston's Business Podcast, where we give real questions or real answers to real questions from real business owners. No fluff, no filler, just quick hints on how to improve and grow your business. So each week, we sift through dozens of questions from business owners out here in Houston uh, that go through our voicemail that we'll talk about in just a little bit, pick the most relevant and interesting ones, and then invite local experts uh, to explain what we need to know and how can we kind of break it down to make sense and so we can understand it. Speaking of local experts, this week we are beyond excited to have Greg Alt with Paramount Bookkeeping. Thanks a ton for coming on to talk to us today, Greg. Thank you, Andrew and Greg, for having me out today. And um, uh, just to tell you a little bit about myself, yeah, I have yeah, spent um, uh, 30 years in the accounting world. Um, I spent 25 in the corporate world and five years as a business owner And uh, when I started my firm five years ago. So if you've been uh, working in your business, your own business here for five years, what, what's the, how many clients or how many people do you talk to? I roughly manage 70 to 75 clients on an active basis each month. Wow. Um, wow. It's just not myself. I have a team sure. that I work with as well. <laughs> with that many um, clients, I would hope so. <laughs> yes. And, but, you know, we process about uh, 25,000 transactions a month for our clients wow. and include reporting uh, so that they have accurate information and know where they stand at the end of each month. And here I am getting overwhelmed when I have like a couple dozen transactions. He's over here with 25,000. What a flex. <laughs> I love it. Well, before we dive into today's question that we specifically bought uh, Greg on for, if you have a question that you'd like answered, make sure to give us a call at our question line at 832-377-7998. Again, that's 832-377-7998. And leave us a voicemail with your question. It goes straight to voicemail. You can call any day, anytime. You're not going to wake anyone up. No matter how obvious or how stupid your question might seem, we want to hear from you. So just make sure to tell us your name and your company or at least your industry, so we can have all the information that we need in order to effectively answer your question. That's perfect. So let's look at today's question, and that comes from Malcolm. Uh, he works uh, in a window shutter manufacturer here in Houston, so let's play the audio tip now. Hello, my name is Malcolm. I own a shutter business here in Houston where we manufacture and install shutters for homeowners. My question is, when is the right time to hire a professional bookkeeper? We're so busy selling and installing, we don't even know if we're making money. I'm loving the podcast so far. Thanks. All right, perfect. So what Malcolm, I think, was really kind of saying there is, you know, when should when should he or when should people in his kind of situation be looking for a bookkeeper? And what do they need to know? That's probably the best place to start off uh, Start yeah. off with, Greg. So the, the very first thing that I think a small business owner needs when they need to hire a bookkeeper, a lot of times small business owners start out on their own doing it themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's great. Uh, it's, it's, it's cost effective for them. Um, they uh, can bring in a 
certified bookkeeper uh, at the end of the year to do a review mm -hmm. of their, their work. But if they are putting it off and it's not the, their focus and they don't have, they don't have, they're not being able to generate the reports that they need to know if they're making money or not. We have all started our businesses to make money. And if a owner does not know how much money they are making or losing each month, and they are not, you know, if they go and look at their QuickBooks and they have six months worth of transactions that they have not posted, they obviously do not have financial statements that they can use. Um, <laughs> that would make me sick. Yeah, <laughs> listeners can't tell, but I'm blushing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who goes six months without categorizing your transactions? <clears throat> Anyways. Or if they put it off, or if they put the transact, or if they are putting it off, trying to do it at night when they want to should be really having downtime, spending time with family, yeah. then they really need to look at having a book and hiring a bookkeeper. Yeah, and there's something to be, to be said there too. One, I feel like most entrepreneurs are doing their own bookkeeping. And I assume, Malcolm, please don't hate me if I'm assuming incorrectly here. I assume that even for the entrepreneurs that do bother to generate those monthly or quarterly reports for themselves, there's a whole different area to, or arena to be considered of whether or not they're actually doing it correctly. So even the ones who do bother to do it and do bother to stay proactive, there's still no guarantee that it's being done correctly because for most business owners, that is not their area of expertise. No, it is not. And if they have an error and they're relying on that error in their books and they submit those reports to their, to their CPA to do their tax returns at the end of the year, that will flow into their taxes. And if it's wrong, there could be penalties penalties for filing incorrect information or or they're going to end up having a higher tax liability than what they actually should so depends on what they are if they have fixed assets and they're trying to and they misclassify those um there's there's implications to all that and you know and it could be money that they're losing out of their pocket and that in itself can pay for a bookkeeper and it doesn't they don't have to have they don't need to be engaged necessarily on a, a daily basis it can be on a monthly basis for a couple of hours each month hmm. um especially for small business owners uh it's that couple of hours each month that they get back that they can focus on their business not on other things when they are looking for a bookkeeper they really need to ask the, the specific questions to the to their to their who they're looking at yeah they need to know what industries they work with, what industries they are that they understand and can handle. Mm -hmm. um, specifically, I'll use this for attorney. There's a lot of attorneys that have their own practice, and there's a lot of new attorneys that have their own practice. Mm -hmm. And you know, their attorneys have uh, keep a trust account, an IOLTA or trust account, mm -hmm. and there is specific accounting requirements and three way reconciliation for those trust accounts. If a bookkeeper doesn't understand that then they're not going to be able to help. They need to make sure also make sure that they have uh, data protection. Um, how are they going to protect your information? Mm -hmm. Most uh, bookkeeping programs are uh, cloud-based um, and you need to know which one they're working, work, yeah. which one they're working with and which one you've started working with. And if they're not competent in the one that you're using, you might want to consider looking for a um, another one. Yeah, um, I feel like at a bare minimum, too, at that point, just purely from this from the sense of data protection, regardless of what service they're using, I feel like it's probably equally worthwhile mentioning that just make sure they're using two-factor authentication. If you're going to give someone access to all of your transactions and all of your books, 
why do you want that to be a leaky bucket if they're not going to take your security as seriously as you are? Yeah, no, that is true. That is very true. And then so what else? The key, the key thing is, is how often are you going to get reporting from your bookkeeper or are you going to hear from them? And I, and I have a perfect example of this. I have a, I had a recently new client who was receiving from their monthly financial statements from their bookkeeper and they were basing business decisions. They were looking at buying new service trucks mm-hmm. and was halfway through the year. All of a sudden they got this email from their bookkeeper asking about about 150 transactions and what those transactions were for. And some of them were not small dollar transactions. These transactions were not posted. That means their reports weren't accurate and they were basing, making business decisions with inaccurate information. So it's important to know how what communication you're going to be getting from them. And you know, if you want to set aside a day each month that you speak with them, go over the financials, make sure everything's posted, and 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 that they're providing you with accurate information is very important. Yeah, I mean, at that point, too, basically, if you can't feel confident that your books are accurate, whether you're doing it yourself or whether you're paying someone who's not familiar with your industry, if you're not completely confident in your books, this essentially sounds like best case scenario, you're making business decisions on outdated or inaccurate information. Worst case scenario, you're opening yourself up to a ton of business risk and liability for falsifying report, not falsifying, but misrepresenting business. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, And the communication part as well. I mean, uh, yeah, knowing... It kind of ties back to one of our last conversations as well about knowing what people are doing. Going back to communication and how people are talking and everything can all be ironed out at the very beginning as part of the process. So the rules of the game are set and you know those expectations from both sides. It kind of fits in pretty nicely. Yeah. So is there anything else that we need to make sure as we're evaluating potential bookkeepers for our businesses, is there anything else we should be making sure to ask them up front to make sure we're getting what we need? Ask them what services they offer. They should be able to competently offer payroll services, but the payroll services will be through another service, but they should offer one of those services um, and at least help you set it up and oversee it. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, They can help with sales tax filing uh, as well. Mm -hmm. But if you want a, for tax filing, that's not a bookkeeper, a certified public accountant, a CPA, is a an accountant that handles tax matters and is is good for looking at tax issues. Mm-hmm. A bookkeeper is going to do your day to day accounting. That's a super important distinction to make. I'm really glad you brought that up because how how often do people come up when they realize they think they need this service but they actually need the yeah. opposite? I'm well, I think I need a CPA, but really what I need is a bookkeeper. Or I need a bookkeeper, but really what I need is a CPA. And I mean, it can go either way, right? Mm-hmm. I imagine and then it, and it's really part of the team for business owners. They're going to have their CPA. Mm-hmm. They're going to have their bookkeeper. Um, they're going to have their business attorney. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. kind of good to keep it separate as well because you kind yeah, of have a little bit. It's of, a little bit of a checks and balance. Uh-huh. If yeah. something looks off, CPA. I, it's tax time. I have lots of conversations with CPAs about <laughs> why did you do this? Why 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 did you separate out this? Mm-hmm. And and able to clearly explain to them why certain things were done, and they're like, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, at that point, it also helps a lot more, too, if you have both of those separate specialists or separate mm-hmm. experts in your back pocket. The last thing you want to do as a business owner, or maybe I'm projecting here, is to be te- playing telephone between two experts. Oh, Just connect oh. them directly. Let them speak each other's language instead of getting your layman's interpretation of what one professional is trying to say to the other. So then what about, so we have 
bookkeepers, we have CPAs. Are there other types of services that a, let's bring it back to Malcolm's question specifically. He runs a shutter or a window shutters manufacturing business. He's not sure when he needs a bookkeeper and he's not sure entirely. It sounds like based on how he's talking about his question, he's not entirely sure what he needs from a finance or bookkeeping perspective in general. Is there something else that he should be asking that as a business so, owner? So, as Malcolm, as a business owner, and, and specifically a manufacturing business, mm-hmm. um, he needs to not only know what his expenses are each month, but he also needs to know and be able to capture what the costs of each job is. How much wood, how many screws, how much time does it take? What is it the install? Mm-hmm. What is all that labor and, and doing specifically job costing? Um, and a lot of times bookkeepers are not always going to understand what job costing is. Mm-hmm. And that's where there's been a, a growth to help small businesses capture this in, um, some, uh, bookkeeping firms offering fractional CFO mm-hmm. or VCF virtual CFO, um, okay. services. And, and for our listeners, as the resident layman's on this podcast to ask the stupid questions, can you tell me what CFO stands for? Chief financial officer. Thank mm-hmm. you. And a chief financial officer is going to be looking at the financial strategy and management and looking for at the company's long-term goals. Okay. They're not necessarily going to be looking at what happened in the past. They're going to be helping to if a, a business is growing to the point where they need to start with budgeting. Mm. They can help with a bu- help formulate a budget for whether it's a six-month or yearly budget, um, or, and also help with forecasting. Okay. Um, as the business is moving forward, if a company is growing and they need to, um, uh, say they want to buy some property mm-hmm. and build a, a office space for themselves, mm-hmm. or if, it, it, if it's a warehouse office space, mm-hmm. um, to be able to get that financing, they're going to have to project out what their revenue is a year, three years, five years, so that they can communicate that with with their banker and the bank's going to look at the past, but mm-hmm. they're also going to see the future to know that they're going to be able right. to maintain or grow, continue to grow that business mm-hmm. as well as they can, are going to be able to pay for their bills, their so, loan too. So is it, please forgive my ignorance. Is it a gross oversimplification for me to say essentially the bookkeeping perspective is accounting for what has happened in the past? the fractional CFO or virtual CFO is more strategizing for the future? They're going to be more strategic in in looking at the future and looking at how things are moving forward. They're also going to take a look at, and they should have the experience. Um, I I, I say this from 10 years as a CFO in the corporate world (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, for a fairly large company. And one of my key things was looking at risk. And how to mitigate oh, risk. Okay. Do you yeah. have all the right insurance? Um, do you have the right insurance coverage for your business? Mm-hmm. Um, what risks do you have in the marketplace? Um, where, where, where it's going to be stumbling blocks that are going to keep you from growth? Or, you know, how do we look at that from a growth perspective? Yeah, mm-hmm. especially if for the more proactive business owners, you know, usually the biggest piece of advice that we're given as business owners is to start with the end in mind. What's your exit strategy? Mm-hmm. Do you want it to be acquired? Do you want to hand it off to some of your offspring or generational and have a family own? Do you want to IPO in some cases? 
with a fractional CFO, I imagine that's a lot easier if you have a goal in mind. You're telling them, this is where I am now. This is where I want to be. Please tell me and how they, I did they, it. They, help. They, they will help you get to that neck to that. You know, that's you need that kind of that uh, advisor, yeah. that mm-hmm. sounding board in in the business. Because you don't, as as business owners, we don't always have a those sounding boards in our own business. Mm-hmm. And this allows you to have that, yeah. you know, some sound of it advice. Especially going to a bank and you're... Like you said, you know, big capital purchase, wanting to buy the building you're in or any of those yeah. things. I mean, the questions and everything to go through and ask. I mean, you know, you can get a lot of your history from that bookkeeper, but trying to project the forwards and, and figuring out when things are happening. That's so important. Yeah, I guess if we can make sure that I want to make sure that we answer Malcolm's question directly too. it seems like the big part of it is when. When am I supposed to be at mm-hmm. this point? He's saying, it, it sounds like there's a in the deepest, darkest corners, there's some underlying, at least in my my understanding, it sounds like there's some underlying imposter syndrome where he doesn't feel like he's a big enough business to almost deserve or need a bookkeeper. So can we break that down? I don't want to spend too much time on this, but when do you think a small business should be considering or start looking for a bookkeeper? And when do they start looking for a fractional CFO? What are the thresholds or what are the ways for them to measure it? So if you want to look at it from a dollar perspective, if yeah. they are rough generating, again, it depends on the business mm-hmm. and the industry, but if always they're generating, yeah, and that's always, it's always business or industry specific. Mm-hmm. Um, but roughly I kind of look at, you know, if they are generating about $50,000 a month mm-hmm. in uh, revenue, they probably need to have a part-time bookkeeper because the time they're spending on their books is not, they're, they're throwing mm-hmm. money, they're losing money by spending that time on that. Um, for a fractional CFO, again, it depends on the industry, but it would be anywhere from 100 to 150,000 a year in revenue okay. and up. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I have several clients that are generating six and 700,000 mm-hmm. dollars uh, in revenue annually. Yeah. Um, each client is different in their needs and it's looking at what their, what their end game what they're in, what is their what is their strategic end goal? Do yeah. they want to sell in five years? Do they want to bring their chi- child into it? Mm-hmm. Um, do they want to bring another partner in? You know, it, it's yeah. it's it's a it's a there's a lot of factors that play into that. Yeah, that's true. And I think one of those factors, honestly, and again, maybe this is just me, but I think a lot of the other business owners I talk to, either as friends, colleagues, clients. They're under the assumption is, oh, yeah, but I can just do it myself and it's free. When in reality, it's not. It still costs mm-hmm. you time. Any good business owner should know exactly what one hour of their time costs, even if your business is not driven by hourly rates. So realistically, you need to break down how much time are you spending on your bookkeeping every month. Multiply that by how much one hour of your time is worth for the business. And that's what you're actually already spending on your, quote, unquote, free bookkeeping. And then even then, you're not positive that it's correct. So I don't know. I think that's something that a lot of people don't take into account whenever they're deciding whether or not they actually need a bookkeeper, or at least I know that's how I made my decision when I officially brought my bookkeeper on, which I am eternally grateful for. <laughs> and I think it goes back to the separation as well, right? Because you have, if you're 
making and going, making all the decisions in your own data and putting them all in and then yeah. looking at the reports, you kind of already know what they are, right? You know what they look like and everything because you put all the data in, but you see them from outside perspective and everything else. I think it's a little different sometimes. Yeah, you're not accounting for my laziness. I don't want to well, do that. that. Yeah, I just want the end result. I don't want to do the legwork. That, that, there, there is that <laughs> factor as well, but for the non-laziness. Oh, yes, yes, yes. For, yes. for us, yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, Greg, that's so interesting. I mean, that's awesome. I think we really dived into a lot of what Malcolm there was looking for. Um, we have a little tradition on the show, which is we ask this last question um, to, to get everyone's opinion and, and thoughts on it. So it's the entrepreneur dilemma. If you're not familiar with that, that is, you know, out of these five keys, uh, family, friends, health and fitness, sleep and successful business entrepreneurs can only really ever balance three and have three as the priority so uh what three do you prioritize and why uh the three i prioritize are family health and fitness and a successful business mm. um if i don't have a successful business and i don't have it done and done and handled correctly i can't spend time with family and family and family and friends are really the same and it's just it's just having all that is I love how it seems to be a really consistent theme mm -hmm. here where Pete it's it's always the two things most everyone picks successful business and the two other things that they pick they attribute to being directly related to their successful business if I have a successful business but I have no family life or no time with my friends or no sleep essentially then the successful business was not worth it I love mm -hmm. I love hearing that's a really interesting trend I'm starting to notice in here maybe that's just me yeah, but before before <laughs> I distract even further, um, so Greg, where can people find you or follow you online? How should uh, they reach out to the you? The best way to reach out to me is to go to paramountbookkeeping.net, uh, go to the contact page, uh, and fill out uh, the contact form, mm -hmm. um, and that will generate an email, and I find that works best to schedule a meeting to discuss um, how Paramount might be able to assist. Can you tell them that website address one more time? Uh, ParamountBookkeeping.net. Paramount. Paramount. I want to make sure they actually find you. ParamountBookkeeping. <laughs> Excellent. Dot net. <laughs> and if you have a question that you'd like answered, make sure to give us a shout on our question line. You can reach us at 832-377-7998. Again, that's 832-377-7998. And leave a voicemail with your question. It rings directly to voicemail. You're not waking anybody up. If you're like myself in a closet insomniac, feel free to give us a shout with your question at 2 a.m. That's where I get my best thinking done. Last but not least, this podcast is only made possible by our stellar referral team, First Class Referrals. We meet every Wednesday at 7.30 a.m. via Zoom. If you're looking to grow your business and like referrals, register to visit our next meeting at firstclassreferrals.com. Again, that's firstclassreferrals.com. Until next week, remember to subscribe for new episode notifications and leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. That's it for today. I'm Greg Mellon. And I'm Andrew Buchan. You are now free to move about the cabin.